Hello and welcome to another episode of Jumpcast. I am your host, Alex, and joining me, as usual, are my wonderful guests, Simon. Oh, we so we are guests now. <laughs> I th- why not? No, you are, of course, my wonderful co-hosts, Charlotte. Oh, lovely. Oh, so I respond to Claire. Oh, you only <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dredging up the past, I see how it is. Sorry, guys, I was on my phone. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> ahoy, 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 ahoy! Love, lovely to be here with you, uh, Claire, today. Um, and Simon, what's your favorite scary movie? I know you've done the bit, but I just couldn't not. <laughs> I was trying to think of an answer. Lesbian vampire killers. Uh, really? <laughs> of the <laughs> Is that the first horror film that came to mind? <laughs> I mean, it is a horror film in many ways. Is that like a Rorschach test? God, not even the worst thing that Horn and Corden have been attached to. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's down there. I don't know. Did you watch their Brit Awards? I mean, oh yeah, okay, that was quite Ooh. something. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it is Jumpcast, and uh, before we get into all of the stuff, we are, of course, going to be reviewing the big release of the week, which was Scream, um, ah! and we'll, <laughs> we'll also be doing the trailer talk, and uh, we'll be going through the big news of the week as well. Uh, Charlotte, what have you been up to this week? Anything nice? Um, I've not been watching as much lately. I've been reading more. Ah. Uh-huh. I've started doing the Goodreads reading challenge, which I've meant to do for years. I've started repeatedly and then finished. Um, and I'm currently reading a very good book called um, People of Abandoned Character, which is about mm. a woman who gets in, ooh, 1885, gets married, thinks she's got a husband wrapped around a little finger, and then starts to suspect he's Jack the Ripper. <gasps> oh, that sounds cool. Very mm. compelling. I can see it as a miniseries really nicely. It's so well written. Well, and it's set in Whitechapel, which is not too far from me. So, uh, in a couple of years' time, when that is actually a miniseries, we'll come. We'll, we'll like hark back to this episode. Um, you will be the driving force for that happening. Our powers of manifestation have proven strong. So yeah, what? Yeah, because we were talking about. Uh, murder and successful Murdering. last week, yeah. and then Netflix yeah. announced this show with Will Arnett. What do we want to manifest next, guys? Clifford the Big mm. Red Dog Two. Clifford the Big Red Dog Two. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Whitehall, if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> this time, doing an American accent, and let Olivia Coleman be the judge again. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Olivia Coleman basically just doesn't really do an American accent in anything. That she's yeah. in, even if it's an American production, because she's just like, no, I don't, I don't care to be judged on that. <laughs> Aaron Gerard Butler, very similar. Well, well I don't even know what Gerard Butler's accent <laughs> <laughs> is in anything. It's a bit like Charlie Hunnam's. <laughs> I know I'm going to manifest. Oh god. Um, well, we're going to get to it later in the news, I think. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, we'll mention that, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and me and Charlotte will swiftly bat it down as quick as possible. <laughs> um, but anyway, Simon, what have you been up to yeah. this week? Anything nice? Um, to be honest, I've been fairly just cracking on with life. You know, I've not I've not ventured out into the big scary world beyond just 
you know, to, to get some fresh air. Um, I've been reading as well. I've been reading a lot of my uh, Christmas presents, basically. Uh, and yeah, aside from that, uh, well, I went to I went to see um, a journal for Jordan last night, which I know we're going to be getting to a proper review uh, down the line. Week, I think next week. Um, so I will reserve all comment until then. But yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's just say. Okay. Great. When you said reading your Christmas presents, were they books or like the labels? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, all the uh, choking hazard warnings. All the, uh, <laughs> Whether it's machine somebody's... washable, machine washable, the ingredients on all the chocolates. Only jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, washable at thirty. Get in. Um, but no, no and of course, um, books as well. Uh, lots of autobiographies, a uh, couple of fictions. You know, bit of everything. Nice. Treat yourself. Yeah, nice. <laughs> oh blimey. Yeah, I don't know if it's in my uh, waking life or in my dreams. So, <laughs> okay, I, we, we're gonna have too much of that really. later on, so we need to like read it in. <laughs> yeah, we do a bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, governor. Uh, <laughs> cool, well, I've been playing catch up a little bit this week um, with films that I haven't yeah. seen. But I watched a three five five, which oh, okay, thoughts. I didn't mind actually. I still haven't Googled whether Lupita Nyong'o is British or not. Because I'm sure we discussed oh, you, it. Did, were you impressed by her accent? Well, because I, I don't know whether it's her actual accent or whether she's... Because... Oh, she was raised in Kenya. She was born in Mexico and raised in Kenya. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't think it was bad. Okay. Um. But yeah, I, again, that 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 is the same sentiment I hold for the film. To be fair, it was okay, not really game changing or anything like that. I think I agree with what you guys said about it when you reviewed it a few weeks ago. Um, I also watched Licorice Pizza, which I'm still trying to process. I haven't managed to get down to how I actually feel about it yet, but I think I liked it. Mm. Bar some of the uh things that happened in it, um. And then I also watched fro- both Frozen films with somebody who hadn't seen them before. What? Oh wow! Yeah. At the cinema? Uh, no, no, no. Just on Disney Plus. Just like oh. a just like a little watch party thing. Um, oh, no. And uh, he liked the first one. He was in, and I think he he was interested in the first one enough to watch the second one. But he absolutely loved the second one. And I feel like that's how I kind of feel about. It. I absolutely love. I pr- much prefer the second Frozen to the first one. Okay. To be honest, I agree, yeah. actually, with Frozen 2 being the better one. Yeah, I think so. There's depth to the second one. The songs are absolutely depth bangers. In the first one, but yeah. Yeah. Lost in the Woods is yeah. a jam. It's so good. It's so good. Right, well, through um, the potential of us just going on forever, we shall now move what? on into the news. And we've got quite a bit of news this week. A lot of casting news, um, a lot of new projects coming around. Um, and also, we're going to be um, we're sagging it up. Uh, so we're going to be doing what? I beg your pardon. First of all, buy <laughs> uh, me a drink first. I became a total sag. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the that's what the feature is going to be called when the, when <clears throat> the actual ceremony comes around. <clears throat> uh, so first of all, um, it has been revealed that Weird Al Yankovic is making a film. 
about his life. And Daniel Radcliffe is playing him. How... Oh, I am. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. If only for my own ends. Uh, with well, yes, the, uh, you <laughs> the have vested interests. Vested interests. So yeah, I uh, full disclosure. I do a podcast on the side, guys. Uh, I say on the side. It was my main podcast hustle until this came along. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's all about Daniel Radcliffe's films, um, along with Emma Watson's and Rupert Prince's. So um, yeah, this this keeps me going. So I'm happy on that front. Yep, for sure. I've I've seen the video of him uh from a TV show that he's in where he's like dancing in a bar and he's dressed in like leather or whatever. She'll be coming around the mountain. That's the <laughs> one. I watch I that every time I see it, I watch it all the way through. Yeah. It is it is very good. Um I think that's from Miracle Workers. That's the yeah. one with Steve Buscemi, right? That's it. How do you do, fellow kids? Yes. Um <laughs> That has convinced me that I think he'll probably be quite a good fit for um for Weird Al, for sure. Right, moving on. Um, I mean, I'm not sure whether anyone actually cares about this. I'm actually sure that <laughs> most people really don't and actually pre- preferred it didn't exist. But um, Tyler Perry is returning as um the um. The, the eponymous character of um Medea um in the new film a Medea homecoming and Simon you dropped this bomb on me because I did not know this whatsoever but apparently Mrs Brown is going to be in this film well i i first of all you're welcome and <laughs> second of all <laughs> no i'm i'm not a mrs brown's boys fan before we get down that particular <laughs> route of conversation um but no i well i thought this was news until i was reliably informed by our lovely co-host charlotte that this is old news so the fact that mrs brown is going to be in it is old news but they've just announced it that it's going to be going straight onto netflix which is probably where it deserves to live and die um how about you, Charlotte? A Medea homecoming for you, or I I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Medea, no way home. Medea. <laughs> I hope that uh, Big Mama turns up as well. Oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could just be all of them. Every every, <laughs> every male actor that has cross dressed as a woman in. Hollywood history will just return. <laughs> the post credits will be Lily movie. Savage. <laughs> yeah, white chicks the move. <laughs> well, there we are. I think the less said about that, the better. So we'll move on. Um, J- John Cena and Alison Brie have been cast together in a new action comedy film called Freelance. Um, it's said to focus on um, John Cena's character, who's an ex-Special Forces operator um, who is desperate to escape his his humdrum life. Um, and he takes a job providing security for Alison Brie, who is a journalist who is hoping to salvage her career by interviewing a dictator. 
Um, and apparently things go sideways when a military coup breaks out in the middle of the interview and the mismatched duo, along with the dictator, escape to the jungle where they must survive the military chasing them while also being careful of animals hunting them as well. Sounds all right, yeah. I mean, is it not just the dictator? I mean, sorry, the interview. Is it, it... I was going to say, yeah, it's very reminiscent of the interview. Is it just me, or do John Cena and Alison Brie have very similar energies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually, I, I get that. Definitely. It does feel like, like a great match. Funnier than you think they would be, because they're both very attractive. Like, oddball kind of sensibility, deadpan. I probably yeah. have played quite similar characters in the past in separate mm. projects that you probably don't realise, and them coming together might be um be quite something. It could cancel on... each other out, or it could elevate each other. Let's say, yeah, I'm intrigued to find out. On the John Cena front, have you have you both seen the uh, opening sequence to the Peacemaker series? I, the show? I refuse to watch it until I am watching it as part of the show. Oh, or okay. At least I know when I'm going to get it. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I I couldn't not look because everyone was going on about how good it is. Yeah, um, I've seen like the beginning of it sixty thousand times. <laughs> I've swiftly scrolled away every time it's come up. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, it, it looks quite fun. I'm excited for the whole show. It's so, it's yeah. meant to be very good. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I think out of everything that came out of the Suicide Squad. Uh, Peacemaker was probably the one that I was least intrigued to be explored further, but yeah, hmm. might be interesting. Hmm. Now, before we were talking of manifesting, <gasps> yes, Simon, why don't you lead this one while we, me and Charlotte <laughs> just tut in the corner? Okay, so <laughs> some of you may rem- remember last year in November there was a film that came out. Um, it was a Ridley Scott film. I know it wasn't the last duel, it was the other one, uh, House of Gucci. So there were some fair to middling performances in there. <laughs> House of Gucci from... or The Crimes Against Italy. The Crimes Against Italy. The, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had some fine performances in there. You had Adam Driver, who wanted to be anywhere else by the sounds of it. Uh, Lady Gaga, who uh, I think nearly seems to have you know done herself an injury just putting on an accent and then you have the transformative the masterful the remarkable performance that was paolo gucci and i you know what was it good was it bad frankly who cares do you remember it yes and you know what it sounds like jared leto wrong in that he allegedly is wants to be doing more of Paolo. And you know what? God love him. Let him do it. And he wants to get Al Pacino involved for a buddy movie for a Paolo Gucci prequel. Uh, now, apparently Al, Al Pacino has, gone, has, has not responded to this at all. His agent and all his representatives have, have, not, have not said anything. Um, but I, I want this to happen. I would be there in a heartbeat. I want to watch it. I want to watch Paolo Gucci. I want to watch that offensive unbelievable unbelievable just piece of work on screen again for another two and a half hours yeah i'll watch it 
I'll be there. I'm getting the sense of desperation that we saw when Vin Diesel asked uh, Dwayne to come back. <laughs> 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 in the last Superior's film. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, me and Al Pacino are great friends. We, you know, we really bonded on the set of House of Gucci. Family. Yeah. We're family. Romeo, <laughs> family. We are a family. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if Al Pacino says no, then Jared Leto can go, why? Like that again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there we go. That's that's the jump cast manifestation happening right now. From, I want from, wait, wait, wait. No, from you and you alone, Simon. No, 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 no. From all three of Let's us. <laughs> I want all of our energy behind Charlotte, this. I want this green. Charlotte, back me up here. You do not want this. Ridley, you don't oh, want to no. do Prometheus 3. You want to make House of Gucci 0.5. <laughs> With Jared Leto. Like Jared Leto to go away. That'd be my manifestation. I mean, also that. Like, I'd like him to do this and then retire. <laughs> I'm wondering how much further he can go in in terms of the method acting, though, because obviously <laughs> if he said, like, he was snorting Arabiata sauce and if you cut his skin, Parmesan cheese would come out. I'm just wondering where he can go from there. Like, what, what's, <laughs> what's he going to do? Jump into a pool of carbonara sauce or something like yeah, let him. I I want to see it. Like I I I hate the whole you know his method and all this kind of thing, and it leads to him just you know acting like the stereotypical awful method actor. However, it's kind of hilarious to watch this man absolutely just wreck himself for an end result, which is just at best baffling. Yeah, just yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> that's just, it yes, i'm speechless please. i'm speechless <laughs> it's over uh, yeah there we go well moving Here on the manifestation uh, <laughs> um mark forster is uh directing a a remake of a film called a man called ove i believe is called is that right charlotte uve 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 um with tom hanks uh to be in the main role uh, Charlotte, you know a bit more about this than I do. Yeah, I read the book and I love the film. It's a Swedish film that came out, I'm going to say five years ago. That's off the top of my head. It may not be five years ago. Um, it's a black comedy about a man who keeps trying to commit suicide and every single time gets interrupted by life. And it's a bit kind of Scrooge Christmas Carol in that he seems like a really grumpy, angry man, but actually there's a reason behind it and he's got the biggest golden heart in the world. So while I'm reluctant with remakes, like I know a remake doesn't mean that your original film gets undone, the original film still exists. If anyone's going to do it, Tom Hanks is the, in him we trust. Yeah, I think um, if we're going to have uh, foreign language films remade in the English language, Tom Hanks being involved is definitely a, a sure sign. America's sweetheart, yeah. Exactly. Well, moving on to <clears throat> and when we were talking about Medea and things that maybe <laughs> people don't want. Uh it has been confirmed that Netflix want Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot for two more red notice films, at least. But mm. if the stats are anything to go by, guys. Everybody watched it, so this is this is this is good, right? It's what people want. Give the people what they want. Does that mean I watched it and didn't realize I watched it? Yeah, 
Oh. Yep. I kind of almost forgotten that we have watched this and reviewed it. <laughs> I could probably tell you maybe two things that happen in the plot that I can remember. I remember someone wanting I remember wanting the rock to shoot Ryan Reynolds in the face. Yeah. That's that's a very fun memory. But <laughs> not in real life. God, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Ryan, you're welcome on here anytime, I'm sure. But yeah. I just yeah, I don't care, I don't think. I'm not really um Netflix is really weird, isn't it? Because they've announced series three and four of Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. Correct pronunciation. And now <laughs> two Red Notice sequels. I don't understand. Is it like a front for money laundering at this point? <laughs> it's like NFTs, yeah. It's like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next <laughs> NFT boom is just going to be a bunch of like Red Notice <laughs> character avatars. <laughs> it's like the crypto bros get into film production, yeah. And um one of the uh the most uh valuable and rare ones will just be Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> well, moving on, and hopefully the world will move on from those films as quickly as they come out. Um Asa Butterfield and Natalia Dyer uh, have landed themselves in the main roles of a new horror film called All Fun and Games. We don't know too much about this at the moment, but we do know that um, it is a film that's going to follow a group of siblings who get mixed up in a game with a demonic twist, hence all fun and games. Hmm. And speaking of Netflix, I mean, these two have done very well. Big Netflix Netflix originals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see, see what this is like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're both very great. I, you know what, I rate them both, and I wish them well. And Charlotte, how do you feel about this? Yeah, second that. I, uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, I wanted to bring this up because I, I was reading. Uh, Beanie Feldstein uh, did an interview with Empire Magazine um, over the weekend, and um, that was released over the weekend. And she was talking about the fact that um, she is going to be in Richard Linklater's film uh, adaptation of Merrily We Roll Along and which Sometime, I find baby. very exciting um, but she was talking about the process <clears throat> um, and from what she was saying it looks like we're only going to get this film in 2040 okay what yes uh, the, I believe that the story of Merrily We Roll Along is told um, through the main character who is now old and there's flashbacks to when they were younger. Oh, oh, hang on a minute. Hang on, I think I've heard about this before. Yeah, he was making another film like Boyhood, like over 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> oh. instead of doing the whole, we'll film it in one go and we'll just like age up them or de-age or whatever. They're actually Richard Linklater is actually filming it over a very long period of time. And oh, that- I didn't know it was this. Yeah, oh, okay. This is the thing. Yeah, and so wow. So yeah, so which means that we will, like I said, we'll only be getting this film in like twenty forty. And I don't want to get like thinking about age, but I'll be forty five. 
I'll be. I'm not going to join into this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, but uh, it's interesting. It's it's kind of exciting. It's like don't want to get excited about it because it's so far away, but also it's exciting to see what it is going to be like. Because if you think about like it, a time capsule. Yeah, like a yeah, exactly like that. It's going to be very interesting, very exciting indeed. Right. Moving on, finally, over the weekend as well, the SAG Award nominations came out. Um, we got a bit of an idea of what maybe the uh, the acting categories at the BAFTAs and the Oscars may look like. Um, so we'll probably go through a couple of them. Well, you know, the main ones. I see one in there, which makes me happy. Uh... <laughs> Well, we'll start there then, shall we? <laughs> uh, best supporting actor, we've got um, Ben Affleck for The Tender Bar, Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza, which I didn't mention before. Bradley Cooper was the the best thing about Licorice Pizza, I think. Yeah, that was so absolutely good, absolutely wonderful. Um, Troy Kotsur for Coda, um, Jared Leto for House of Gucci, mm-hmm. and um, Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Uh, Best Supporting Actress <clears throat> sees uh, Ketriona Balfe for Belfast, Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Ruth Negger for Passing. Um, one of the biggest omissions from these nominations uh, found itself in Best Actress, where we had Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman for The Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, Jennifer Hudson for Respect and Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Um, Kristen Stewart missed out on a nomination for her turn as Princess Diana in Spencer, which I was very shocked by. Yeah, it does feel like the buzz was rooting in that direction and now it's kind of gone quiet for her there. The other surprise I wanted to talk about in terms of the TV, yes, yes the White Lotus being nominated in many things. Mm. The morning show, which went weird in series two. Yeah. There's lots of nominations. I've been told that it is definitely not as good as the first series. Yeah. It's... I've not started the second series yet. The first one I quite liked. Yeah, I did. I maybe keep it at the first series. Oh, really? I'm very happy about um, Only Murders in the Buildings inclusion as well in um, yeah, Best Comedy Series. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see um, and whether any of these nominations actually line up with the nominations that we see at the BAFTAs or at the Oscars. Um, and actually whether this will mean that Kristen Stewart is just going to miss out on on even being nominated for any big awards at all, which at the beginning of award season, it would have been unthinkable. But there you go. That's award season for you. Keep showing your feet. <laughs> um right it's now time to move into trailer talk trailer talk trailer talk yeah trailer talk trailer 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 <laughs> and we're going to be starting off with um a new a24 film <gasps> yay and it's called I love it already x it looks great doesn't it yeah. it looks really good Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on that one? Oh no, no, just uh, just oh, it looks yeah, no, it looks absolutely wonderful. 
Um, what do you get when you cross Boogie Nights with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, yeah. My next favourite film. Do you know what? It's so funny because <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I'm in, in like this A24 group on Facebook and somebody was like, I don't think a, they were like, I don't think A24 have ever done a slasher or like they've ever, or if they have, they've not done one in a while. And I was like, well, believe it or not, this might be that, um, might be filling that gap. Oh God. Are we getting back in? Are we, are we prefacing the scream thing by talking about elevated horror again? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> no, I was just trying to say that, <laughs> it was an anecdote, Simon. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Um, but yeah, no, no. I honestly, I think it looks great. I, I, one of my, it didn't quite make my top ten, but one of my favorite films of last year was Censor, which was all about kind of not just making films, but making really gnarly, nasty films, um, and and being around those. And yeah, so I'm very excited for X. Off the back of that, and, and off the back of this trailer, you'll all never guess who's in this film. <gasps> I know, Jenna Ortega. She's gonna be a star. <laughs> She's gonna be a star. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks very interesting. Very excited. The trailer um, has got me quite hyped up for it, so it's gonna be yeah. pretty cool. Uh, moving on from one horror to another, we have got um, up and coming. Um, I believe Finnish uh, body horror movie Hatching. No, I haven't. I haven't finished it yet. You've you've not finished Hatching. No, you said it was finished. Oh no! Um. Yeah. So essentially, um, uh, it's about this this. A little girl, this little twelve-year-old girl, who um finds an egg in the woods, and she takes it home and uh, nurtures it until it hatches. And what is in it? Well, the trailer doesn't actually fully give it away. Um, but it it, it leaves some suggestions. Uh, through through its um ambiguity, uh, it looks very interesting. I'm actually going to be watching this film at Sundance, so I'm very excited. Ooh. Yeah, you sent us a picture last week, didn't you, of the egg? Yeah, she's like cuddling an egg on the bed because uh, she put it in a teddy bear and then the egg had grown so big that it had burst out of the teddy bear's chest. Yeah, it looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she has someone to say she's a bird, like in the notebook? Oh, there's this, there's a moment in the... <laughs> because it just looks weird in general, but then the oh, moment no. in the trailer happened where she... Uh, eats the bird seed and then spits it back out and gives it to the... I was like, okay, this is going to be properly weird. Gnarly Especially boys. off camera. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's quite something. Yeah, no, it does. It looks really, really interesting and I can't wait f- to watch it. And I believe I'll be able to talk about it um, this time next week. Oh, I'm very Ooh. excited to hear about this. So you will hear my thoughts. I'm moving on to Against the Ice. <gasps> which is uh, by Peter Flint, who directed Everest. Do you all remember Everest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, did. I actually quite like that film. It was quite good. Um, but... One of my friends and I, after after watching that film, one of our things that we kept saying to each other was, you got to get down, Rob. <laughs> Just over <laughs> to each other over and over again. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> it just became like a running in joke. <laughs> wow, it's something like you, Simon, to trivialise something that's uh, just happened. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, um, this looks interesting. It's based off a true story um, where Nikolai Costawaldo's character and Joe Cole's character go on a bit of an expedition um to save some danish explorers um what what do you think of the charlotte i thought it was a really strong trailer i had minimal minimal expectations i thought oh perilous journey cliche box ticking but there's something really compelling about and you said his name perfectly earlier could you say his name for me again Nic- nicola Col- i think it's nicolaj costa waldo yeah i'm probably butchering Joe it Cole. but yeah yeah, Joe that Cole kind well. of rapport looks really compelling. Um, I've also, I think I mentioned it before. I read a non-fiction kind of like novelization of Ernest Shackleton's journey, and I'm really obsessed with Arctic exploration right now. I'm even going to the BFI IMAX is doing a screening of the footage they took in 1911 or whatever it was oh. of the wreckage and them being stranded and stuff. I'm really obsessed. So this is really hitting the sweet spot right now. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Simon? What do you think of Against the Ice? Looks cool. It does. <laughs> get get ah. the ice. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. It it looks really good. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I love um humans coming together against in almost unachievable odds and uh, making nature the enemy and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, this looks great, and you know, I liked Everest a lot. Uh, and and thank you for uh, saying that I trivialized no. human tragedy. <laughs> Just call me Matthew Vaughan. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were brewing that one up while Charlotte was. Saying. Oh yeah, you were oh, brewing sorry. that one up. Gotta get it. You know, but, I was only yeah, joking, no, Simon. Of course, of course, but it is, it is true. Um, <laughs> no, no, I think it's great, and I've been looking forward to more stuff with him in it. I think. He's a formidable actor, and I don't think he's really had much of a chance to break out beyond Game of Thrones mm. um, in like English language roles. So I'm excited, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be cool, I think. Uh, now, moving on to a film called Last Looks, which has got Mel Gibson <sighs> in it. <laughs> and that's what we think of that. So moving on. No, yep. I, <laughs> is, that, is that generally all I want to say? Um, all I have to say about it. It looks like a kind of mystery, uh, like crime thing, where Mel Gibson might have killed his wife, and let's be honest, he probably did. Um, yeah, but this is the thing, right? We talk about cancel culture a lot, quite often by a particular subsect of uh, society. Talk about woke in the incorrect way. Talk about all being cancelled, but Mel Gibson. Yeah. Well, yeah. He is surefire proof that cancel culture does not exist in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. I just got no I've got nothing to say yeah. beyond it's got him in it, so I'm oh, not interested. And you know in the trailer when I was like, because Morena Baccarin is in this film, and I was like, I think did Charlie Hunnam just call her Morena? But she's actually called Lorena. So I misheard. Uh... Lorena Macarin. <laughs> Lorena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it would be Lorena Kakarin. Well, I mean, let's not get our reviews of this film in too soon. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there we are. Now, uh, moving on uh, to a film that looks quite affecting. It's going to be a HBO Max original. Um, and that is The Fallout, which is, again, starring Jenna Ortega. She's going to be a star. <laughs> uh, but this time with um, uh, Maddie Ziegler. Now, what the interesting thing for, from that I found from this, I mean, it looks really, really interesting and really, and really quite quite good. Um, but one of the most interesting things that I found is that um, it's the first trailer I remember seeing that had some kind of trigger warning prior to the trailer beginning. Mm. Which I think is very interesting and could set a good precedent for future trailer releases. I was at a screening of herself back in uh, at Sundance back in the summer. Yeah. It was a surprise film and they did a whole thing about a trigger warning before the film. Hmm. And they also had people you could speak to if you were affected by it. Like they were on site uh, specialists. Oh my gosh. And I do wow. think there's something about that kind of emotional intelligence surrounding films that that's a really positive move. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it, it does, it looks like um, it's a very, very... Uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. And a very affecting storyline. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it look it looks it does look really really interesting. I definitely check it out. I don't think it's got an official release for the UK yet, but I know it's releasing uh, quite soon um, over in America. Yeah, it's going to HBO Max. I understand. Yes. Yeah. Well, moving on, it's time to talk about um, what will be the first Marvel Studios project of 2022, and that is um, Moon Knight. And for all you. Is that a one by one Tuesday, fans? Is that an impression <laughs> of uh, Oscar Isaac? It's an impression of Oscar Isaac's um, British accent. Uh, what, what's the what's the line again? I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Oh, you've got a bit Michael. Caine a bit there. Michael Caine there, yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's. I won't bury. That's not that, Master Bruce. <laughs> maybe the only research. Take the Lamborghini. <laughs> The only research that Oscar Isaac did for his accent was watching the Batman films. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but um, Ben Barnes, before doing the Narnia films, the night before his audition, watched The Princess Bride, was inspired okay, yeah. by Nigo Montoya, and then replicated the accent for Prince Caspian, and that's the kind oh of vibes God. I get. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem that way, doesn't it? In my waking dreams, <laughs> I saw a ruby the size of a tangerine. I blew up a pyramid, but I was only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It, what do we? What do we think about this? What apart from the accent? How do we think this looks? I mean, so I, the the initial feeling I had of it was that it looks like one of those kind of semi-serious, semi-knowingly camp uh, like action films you got in like the mid two thousands, like early mid two thousands, and. I kind of like that vibe. Yeah. I feel like that's that's kind of what I want out of like a live action comic book film. It's something that goes, yeah, it is a bit silly, but we're going to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. And Charlotte? 
Yeah, definitely. I think there's enough in there to be intriguing. I've read some Moon Knight comics enough that I'm I've got that kind of buy-in already, the pre-sold buy-in. Yeah. Oscar Isaac is probably the most attractive man in the universe to be so determined to look or appear unattractive. <laughs> it's not working, baby. It's not working. <laughs> to be fair, the first thing I, the first thing I tweeted this morning when I'd watched it was um Oscar Isaac can moon knight me anytime he wants. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Which is is true. Um yeah. Anyway. I saw I saw loads of people responding to this trailer like even more attracted to him. Oh <laughs> yeah, I think people were announcing their pregnancies and things. I'm just like <laughs> oh, yeah. like what can this man do to actually be like unappealing? I I honestly it's just so we can find out he's human. I'm That's not gonna I'm lie, doing. I think he's very unattractive in um <sighs> Ex Machina. Oh, God. Oh, and next, yeah. I was gonna say, I thought you were gonna say yeah. X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> no, that's his, that's when he's at his most attractive. <laughs> and Zadi Nur, yeah. He Thanos before Thanos Thanos. <laughs> oh no, you're not saying Thanos does it for you. No, <laughs> just the, just the ripples on the chin, you know. Oh, I thought it was something about that gauntlet. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well. <laughs> Say so heavy handed. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, he did say he should have gone for the head. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Whew. Okay. Okay, moving on. Um, we have got another uh, little mini series that's going to be making its way to Apple TV Plus. It's uh, Severance. Not to be confused with the 2006 horror comedy. <laughs> I think Alex is broken. You might have to take over, Simon. I think it's over. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, so this is um, <laughs> Ben Stiller in his uh, directing mode. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the main star of this um, series is uh, Adam Scott, plays Mark. Uh, and essentially what this is, is he... Oh, there's, there's this technology where um, it splits up your work life and your home and social life so that at each... I believe this is what it is anyway from the trailer, um, where at each place you don't remember the other. Is that correct? I think that's what I got from it. Yeah, at work yeah. you forget home and vice versa. Yes, um, it looks really interesting. I think it's going to be three episodes long, nothing, uh, just like a little mini series. Um, it's coming out on the eighteenth of February. I mean, if I could leave this podcast and forget that last bit of conversation about Thanos, I think, yeah, I'd take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, but no, when I when I first saw this trailer, I mean, two things came to mind. First of all, um, I thought it was a little bit ironic that Apple of all companies were making this. <laughs> um, but also, I was a little bit, I felt a little bit misled and a little bit disappointed that this wasn't some kind of legacy sequel to uh, the film with Danny Dyer in. I know it's just so disappointing, isn't it? I know. I was thinking, where's he going to turn up and you know flirt with a wall? 
Well, you know, he's left EastEnders now. He could he could turn up anywhere. Is it right or is it wrong? I don't want to know. All the opportunities. <laughs> um, well, Central Town is calling. Yeah. <laughs> moving on, finally, uh, yeah. to a new Netflix drama. Um, we really received the first trailer for this. It's called Inventing Anna. Uh, it's based on a true story of um, Anna Delvey, who um, I believe was a con woman. Yeah, so she was actually uh, kind of like German-Russian, uh, daughter of a lorry driver, like truck driver, blue-collar worker who went to London, Paris, New York, tending to be a kind of fashionista heiress and conned so much money out of so many people. And this was fairly recently as well. Yeah. Um, And it's uh, produced and uh, created, uh, well, by uh, Shondaland. Um, I have a lot of love for Shonda Rhyme. She did How to Get Away with Murder. Um, Obviously, she was the creator of Grey's Anatomy and more recently uh, brought Bridgerton to life on Netflix. And I believe that this is part of that big deal that she made with Netflix. Um, and it's going to be coming out um, later this year. Yeah, should be interesting. Definitely. Definitely looks like quite quite something. And if we're talking it's about... It's a great story. There's podcasts and a book about it. Her kind of best friend who got conned out of 50 grand oh, wrote a book about it, about what happened. And it's such a tense read because you can see how easily they... Not how easy. How it's possible to fall for these kind of cons. Mm. It feels like it should be impossible, but it was, yeah, it's a fascinating story. They've got lots of material to work with here. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, before we move on into our main review, it is time, of course, to talk about our Patreon. I do not remember whose turn it is, so (laughs) I'm going to throw it over to one of you guys. I actually do have this open in front of me. There we are. That helps. Simon, it's your turn. Come on it's down. Me, little old me. Why, even, little old me? And do a okay. bullseye. Here's what you could have won. <laughs> Super smashing green. There's a bit of Jim Burn for you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, well, uh, in the wake of the news that the uh, Greta Gerwig Barbie film is going to be starting filming soon. Um, I know. Uh, it only stands to reason that we should bask in the glory of our Lord and Saviour. Uh, well, not only Greta Gerwig, the other one, the other one, Ryan Gosling. Yes, the unofficial mascot of Jump Cut Online. Um, there will be a day when we can get him on Jump Cut or Jump Cast. Hope Springs Eternal. Maybe he's a gamer and will go on Jump Cut Play. You just don't know. But you can find out if you become a patron and keep Jump Cut Online going. Because we don't run on any advertising or anything like that. We run on the funding of lovely people like you who can give as little as £1 a month or as much as £8 a month through our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash jumpcut underscore online. At the very top tier, you get all sorts of lovely benefits uh you get a special podcast some of which are going to be coming soon so keep your eyes peeled for that um and so many thank yous on the jump cut online official twitter feed and of course a shout out on this podcast 
So if you have if you have subscribed to the top tier, which I believe is called Only God Subscribes, and well, uh, these these following people, we're not saying they are God, but we're saying they're godlike. And you know, that's the next best thing. So behold, these lovely people who have given so generously over the last few months. Uh, well, and maybe even longer than that. Who knows? Uh, to be honest, why worry about that? But here, the, here are the people to whom we give the most heartfelt thanks. Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Orla Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meekin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Calvert, Manuel Bento, and Joe Craig. Thank you so much, guys. Please, please keep being wonderful patrons. If you want to find out more, again, the website is www.patreon.com forward slash jumpcut underscore online. All the information is found on our social medias and on the Jumpcut Online website. Thank you again. Thank you, Simon. Very eloquently put. Now it is time to move on to the big review of this week. And it is yet another legacy sequel. It is, of course, Scream, or Scream Vum, or Five Cream, whichever you would prefer to call it. Apparently they did call it Five Cream on set. Oh, they did? That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> I did, but did you guys realise that the five is actually in the M at the end of the word Scream? Yes. Yeah. Because I didn't until I, was, <laughs> until I was in the cinema screen and the title came up. I was like, oh, very clever. Yeah. Um, which <clears throat> is actually kind of how I feel about this film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, this is the fifth film in the Scream franchise. The first one since 2011. Yeah, that's right. Um, And uh, we return to the quiet town of Woodsboro, um, where, you guessed it, he's back. It's Ghostface. And he's killing people, and Sydney and Gail Weathers and Dewey—they're all back, and they're they're joined by a cast of new faces as well. So, guys, what did we think of Scream Five, Charlotte? Um, I have only ever seen one Scream, and I saw the first Scream, and I'm pretty sure it was a sleepover. A bit like I think Tara describes in the film, like through her fingers, frightened age 12 or something. So I worried before going into this that I would need lots of prior context, but for the most part, I was pretty okay. I might have missed some sort of, some jokes or references, but for the most part, it was a really enjoyable horror movie where it got a little bit frightening, but not too frightening. It was rather... um enjoyably gory as well like quite satisfying gore which is weird because that's something i never say about anything uh and i really liked the kind of meta-ness like i put a tweet out yesterday that i'd love to see or read a comparative essay comparing this to the matrix resurrections for the way both films approach returning to a franchise after a long time the legacy of a franchise the impact of fandoms and the kind of knowingness within the plotting and the writing so yeah, I really enjoyed this. It was, what, 100 minutes long, I think. Not a bad way to spend a Monday night. Yeah, definitely. Simon? So, uh, yeah, I... So this is the thing with the Scream series, is that it always seems to come around. 
just as something really quite significant has shifted in the way that films are made. So, obviously with the first one back in 96, 97, give or take, um, we'd had this glut of horror franchises, sequels, and everything else. Um, and Wes, Qua- Wes Craven, who was the original force behind these films, of course, um, had already come off the back of things like New Nightmare, which was incredibly uh, self-referential to the Nightmare on Elm Street series and his films as a whole, really. Um, so that whole kind of meta horror thing had been done a little bit by the time we got to Scream. And obviously with the sad passing of uh, of Wes sometime in the last decade, I think it was about five, six years ago now, um, it was you know, almost inevitable that somebody else was going to get their hands on this franchise at some point. And so we have the directors of Ready or Not. Did you guys ever see that? Yeah, brilliant film. Absolutely wonderful yeah. film. Wonderful film. Absolutely excellent. And yeah, so this... Um, I felt like this was a really great homage and almost in some ways, a, well, in some ways a send-off for the franchise. But I do think, you know, we're going to get more of these, aren't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> um, and yeah, so as you said at the start, Alex, this is a legacy sequel. And being a Scream film, it's a legacy sequel about legacy sequels. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it has, as you'd expect from these kind of films now, you have the familiar setup uh, to make you think of the first film, and it starts feeling very familiar. You have the girl home alone, who is, once again, she's going to be a star, <laughs> Jenna Ortega. Um, and so you have her home alone, you have her picking up the landline with a strange man on the phone asking her favourite scary movie. And... Yeah, it feels like there's a very... Well, when I first saw that, I kind of laughed along, but I also had a little bit of a sinking feeling of dread that I thought, oh, they're they're just doing this, aren't they? And then a little bit of me wanted to slap myself in the face and go, it's scream, you idiot. It's going to be for a point. And sure enough, when it starts hitting the beats, and almost kind of pointedly so, I just found myself going, oh, okay. Okay, I see what they're doing here. And on that front, I loved it. I thought it was really great. I thought Ghostface has never been more brutal mm. in terms of how they act. Um, I think, yeah, it, it seemed particularly grisly and really earns the 18 certificate, which I think really says something because it's quite sadistic in places with the violence. And I think, you know, with the previous iterations and previous incarnations of Ghostface and Scream um, it's not always been that explicit it's always been kind of implied at most a stabbing kind of thing or a shooting yeah so people with that kind of disposition probably should go in with a bit of a warning Um, I do think otherwise how you respond to this film kind of depends on what you want out of a Scream film I think as Charlotte rightly said it really does uh, feed in well with that kind of idea of fan entitlement and fandoms and franchises and legacies and everything else uh, in a way that I was really happy with. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people watching this will be very upset. And in fact, I have seen people <laughs> responding to this film in exactly the way that P- 
people in this film who are being made fun of are reacting to the Stab franchise. The film was the films within the films. Uh, so it's quite hilarious that they've kind of fulfilled that prophecy in a way. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm not going to keep on rambling right now. I, I, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts on it. But long story short, until I carry on because <laughs> of their say I will, I loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. And they'll be proud. They should be proud of themselves. And Wes would have loved it. Yep, definitely a fa- a thousand percent. <clears throat> I completely echo everything that you've that both of you have said. Um, I I actually I, I w- watched Scream the first Scream uh, last Halloween for the first time, but I'd never watched the rest of them. So over the last week, I had done a, a bit of a marathon and watched two, three, and four, and. I think over the past week, I've actually become quite a bit of a Scream fan. Um, I think, I don't think there is a bad Scream film. I'd agree. I'd agree. I don't um, think they're is. all very consistent. Um, they're all very meta in their own ways. And obviously with this one, it kind of goes to like meta central. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like if you're on board with that, you are going to absolutely adore this film and adore what it's trying to say while also being this, uh, well, unlike kind of you guys were saying how it is really an incredibly gory version of Scream itself. Um, It feels like the the devilish um, goriness of Ready or Not has transferred over into Scream and they've really gone for it. I know, I don't know, um, you, I don't know whether Charlotte, you've seen Ready or Not, but Simon, you, have um but yeah. they seem to have a bit of an obsession with things going through hands and that I've, I've noticed that that carried mm. over um into scream uh quite a bit uh so you could kind of see the little bits and that their, their, their little signature styles in it and I, I really enjoyed that um and like you said charlotte it was probably um <laughs> a bit too satisfying for its own good um and yeah I I really loved it. I loved how how a scream always does it, where it mixes the new blood with the old blood. Um, I thought all of the new characters were great. Um, very specifically, obviously, uh, Jenna Ortega was very good. Um, and uh, Melissa Barrera as Sam as well. She was really great too. Um, and then obviously. After watching all the other screams, I couldn't help but be completely emotionally invested in um, Dewey, Gail, and Sydney's stories in this film, um, and it's just really, really well done. Uh, and then to go to obviously that probably the main point of this film is the fact that it is <laughs> calling out toxic fandom and um, exemplifying where we are at the moment as a as a like society with these kinds of films um, and these kinds of franchises. And I mean, it literally uh, <laughs> throws the point like in our faces because it actually references a director who is, ha- who is, and has been stuck in this uh, vitriol for years and years <laughs> and years now. Um, yeah. And going on five years now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I feel like it really steps up and defends him, which I'm a massive fan of, uh, and I re- really, really like it. Um, 
I've had... did like the attention to detail on that that it was the eighth installment of yes, the franchise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like it's so intentional. Um and I just absolutely love that. I love it for it. Um I think kind of finally before I end up going on that too long. I've had people I've had conversations with people about it and I think quite a few people have been saying no oh, it's a bit it's a bit obvious it's a bit predictable um and I I've been thinking about it and it's like I feel like that's the point I feel like it's meant to be predictable I feel like yeah you know the the reason it's so similar to the original scream is because it's meant to be and I feel like if maybe you don't see past that then that's where you have the issues with. And I also, like you said, Simon, very, very happy with the fact that there are people reacting to this film exactly <laughs> as the film <laughs> um, exemplifies through uh, the main villains. Um, so yeah, absolutely loved it. I think that it's safe to say that the Scream franchise is one of the strongest franchises even beyond horror um, out there right now. And uh, yeah, had a really great time with it. One parting thing I want to give. I don't know I've spoken at length about this film. <laughs> um, I just want to give a shout out, not only to Jenna Ortega, who is going to be a star, and <laughs> Melissa Barrera, who is just fantastic. Um, but Mason Gooding and Jasmine Savoy Brown, who play twins in this film, I'm not going to say who they are specifically, because I think that gives away a bit of a nice surprise. Yes. Um, but they are so good in this, as the kind of the equivalent of that that role in the original of the person who knows the conventions of of horror films and legacy sequels to be specific yeah and you know what i spent sorry to go i spent the entire film going who, who is that i recognize him and then i googled it afterwards and mason gooding who was also in book smart oh. which I absolutely loved him in as well. Thought he was great in that too. But it, it like had me for the entire time. I was like, I recognise this person. I know he's not got the frosted tips like he did in Booksmart. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm swear he had frosted tips in the things that I, in the thing I watched him in. But yeah, I, I found out and yeah, and that's the thing. Like um, another great thing that the Scream franchise does, like I mentioned about how it uses all of this new talent um, in such a brilliant way. Yeah. Yeah, well, there we are. That is uh, the review of the week. Now, very quickly before we go, um, me and Simon have talked at length about this film on a couple of occasions, <laughs> but Charlotte has finally had chance to watch it, and this is very exciting because it seems that uh, Charlotte is is the best positioned person to talk about and watch this film. Um, and that is the tragedy of Macbeth. So, Charlotte, how how did you find it? So I taught, I, there was a five-year period where I taught Macbeth every year. And at one point, I think three different classes were doing Macbeth at the same time. Not because I'm a diehard fanatic, but because that was the way the schemes of work fell. Um, so I know this play really well. I've seen it performed on the stage quite often as well. The film versions are mixed. They're, the Polanski I've used a couple of times to mixed effect. There's a Patrick Stewart three long hour, which is wonderful, although it has the witches as nurses and moves the play to Russia and to kind of the Cold War era. It's very good. The Fassbender was fine, a bit dull. 
This one, though, hits the sweet spot, the tragedy of Macbeth. The kind of touch of German expressionism in the filmmaking, the pacing is so quick as well. It is Shakespeare's shortest play. I've forgotten how many words it is, but it's, it is the shortest by far. Mm. And it just goes along it so nicely that I think I had, the, not only did I enjoy it in like a personal level appreciation of the cast, the staging, but as an English teacher, I was like, thank you for sorting out one lesson term for me. With this, <laughs> like, this film. <laughs> You've got my back, Joko, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, you covered it before so well. I don't have much more to add other than no well no i'm i'm really glad that you enjoyed it um and it's strange because i think the general consensus through what i've seen is that the michael fassbender version is better but i'm not sure whether i agree with that either um but yeah there we are i know this film is black and white but the fassbender one was so murky and dull and muted yeah yeah Right, well, there we have it. The end... Oh, 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 I have one more thing to say. Um, going back to Scream, but only because I want to give a shout-out to somebody um, who I guess... Uh, you know, friends with Charlotte, so I'm counting her as friends of the show. Uh, Clarice Lowry. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, thinking of plugging this article as well. Yeah, you do it. Yeah, okay. Um, so she wrote a fantastic piece um, about... Well, I'd say don't read it until you've seen the film, uh, because yeah. it is... Spoilers are plenty but it is a really, really good breakdown of um, mental illness in horror. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's fantastic. There we have it. The end of another jump cast for another week. We'll be back next week. Um, and uh, Charlotte and Simon will be talking about Nightmare Alley, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, Simon, you will also have the uh, form one on a journal for Jordan. Yep. Um, yep, and I, I will that. be dispatching from Sundance Film Festival, so Ooh. taking time out of my busy schedule to record this podcast. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let us slow you down, you know. No, of course not. I mean, I could watch 24 films instead of 20. Anyway, no. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we have it. Thank you very much for listening. As always, uh, check us out on Jump Cut. Uh, jumpcast, sorry, underscore on Twitter. Not, I mean, you can go to Jump Cut as well if you would like, but you know, bit of everything, bit of everything. Go and vote on the film club. Vote oh, on the film yes, club. we're gonna put the Twitter poll up. Uh, it has been put up actually, I believe. It will have been put up yeah. by this point anyway. Um, so yeah, go and vote on that, and we'll find out what um what film we'll be watching for Valentine's Day. Apart from Marry Me, which Aww. I hope is gonna be the savior of rom coms, but I might be just too much. <laughs> Preach. Um, Anyway, the trailer for that came out um, before Jennifer Jordan, and honestly, it looks so good on the big screen. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. I want a full house. Yeah, I'm so excited. Right, okay. We should probably go. Thank you very much for listening, as always. Thank you very much to Charlotte. Bye. And Simon. Bye bye. And me. Bye bye. <laughs>